The new NFL league year is right around the corner and it's almost time for tampering. Let's go one more time over what to expect for the Cincinnati Bengals in free agency. You are locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So you can subscribe on YouTube. You can follow anywhere you get your podcasts. Be notified when we upload our content every day so you can be part of that first listen club. And James, free agency right around the corner. The Bengals looks like they are avoiding all restricted free agent tenders. This year, headed into free agency, their restricted free agents were Mitchell Wilcox, who was reportedly on Friday not going to be tendered. He uh, joins Joe Bacci and Jalen Davis as guys who weren't tendered, but Jalen Davis, of course, as we discussed, signed a two-year deal, and Bacci, sorry, again, Joe Bacci, with a one-year deal instead of the restricted free agent tag. The Bengals' other restricted free agent was Clay Johnston. No news on Clay Johnston receiving that tag either. Just for the record, just so everybody knows, the lowest restrictive free agent tender in 2023 is $2.62 million. So that means that those guys will get a one-year deal at the lowest tender, which gives you the right of first refusal. There's no compensation or anything like that. I think the Bengals did this with Fred Johnson last year, and they eventually rescinded the, the tender. Like a week later or something. It was pretty quick, I felt like. Yeah. Um, that, that right of first refusal tender means that if another team offers a contract, you have the right to match it, and then the player stays with you. There's no compensation if they leave. But none of these players really played enough for, for you to be comfortable paying them $2.6 million, which is going to be a full cap hit. It's a one-year deal. And that's why the Bengals didn't use the restrictive free agent tender on any of these guys and, and set some up. Uh, you know, as expected, I, I think, I don't know if we talked about this, going into free agency without any free agents on that RFA tag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we haven't, but I think it's really interesting. We've spent so much time on tight end, and now you look at that tight end room, and Hayden Hurst, free agent, Mitch mm-hmm. Wilcox, free agent to be, Drew Sample, free agent to be, Devin Asiasi, final year of his rookie contract, but certainly battling for a roster spot, I think, is, is how the Bengals would envision his role in 2023. So whether or not they keep Hayden Hurst and are able to re-sign him, I I think that this, this tight end room is going to look much different and the path to them adding young blood in that room is, is pretty likely. And that doesn't mean it's in round one, but I I would not be shocked at all if if they add multiple tight ends and, and multiple new faces in that room. And you're right. This does come down to money because I think the Bengals like, Mitch Wilcox and probably said, okay, can we keep him around kind of like with Joe Bocci with Jalen Davis and sign him to an actual contract and not that two plus million dollar hit. He's not worth that. He's just not. And I think Mitch Wilcox probably looked at it and said, let me just see what my market is and we'll see if it works out for him. We'll see if it works out for the Bengals, but uh, with so many options, whether it's in the, the draft or free agency, I think the Bengals will be fine at that spot if they, they aren't able to, to sign Wilcox. 
it wouldn't shock me to see Wilcox back on a deal either. It wouldn't shock me to see sure. Wilcox on the practice squad next year. I mean, if we're really looking way out into the future, a lot of things happen between now and then. But with one tight end on the contract, obviously the Bengals will be making moves there. And whether that is Hayden Hurst or whether that is a qualifying free agent, meaning qualifying for the compensatory formula, uh, compensatory free agent, I guess would be the right word uh, to use the NFL's language, it is something that we're going to have to wait and see. If I asked you right now, is Hayden Hurst in stripes next season? Will he re-sign with the Bengals? And you had to wager your beautiful house on it. Which way would you lean? Uh, I don't know, man. Would you just cut your house in half and give half to one side and half to the other and say at least we, we have half here? Because I, I, I get it. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, flip a coin. I'll keep. I, I, I want my lower half though, because that's where my kitchen is. Well, I can make. I can make it anyway. <laughs> I can make a bedroom half and down here. You know, that's I can right. sleep on that couch. Uh, <laughs> All right. So yeah, you want to half it, it? It feels like it a levels wise. I get you. Yeah, it feels like a 50-50 proposition though. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's probably not 50-50. If if a market materializes for Hayden Hurst. And he gets a three-year, $24 million offer somewhere. Uzama deal. I don't think the Bengals are there. I, I think that they probably do and probably should value Hurst this year similarly to where they valued Uzama last year. Mm-hmm. And that is like $5 million-ish a year it is roughly where that number should be. Well, this is how I would look at it. Let's say you're, and obviously we're talking to Bengals fans here, it's locked on Bengals, but a fan of one of these 31 other teams and you want to address tight end. Do you want to be the highest bidder on a guy who's 30 years old and it will be 30, it's his age 30 season, had 414 yards, 52 catches, only eight yards a catch, two touchdowns, and I get it. You know, his role is what his role was. It's not mm-hmm. like he was a, a feature part of the offense. In a class that's really deep, like this draft class is deep at tight end, and there are multiple guys that I feel like can be those instant contributor types. And so if you're a contending team, you look at it, and you're probably like, is, it, is that what's going to get you over the top? And so I, I wonder, and then the other side of it is, if you're a young team, an unproven team, if you're Hayden Hurst, maybe you just got to get your money like Uzama did last year, and it's time to get it. At the same time, you've dealt with that. You've dealt with questions at quarterback or dealt with questions of whether or not you're the guy at tight end, and it, it hasn't worked. And, and so do you want to be happy? Do you not? I think his is hit the dynamics with Hayden Hurst. He would love to be back. But if someone comes in with $8 million and the Bengals are at five, I wouldn't blame the Bengals for say, staying at five and being – pretty strict on the the budget when it comes to Hurst at the same time what's your happiness worth if you're Hayden wouldn't blame him to leave and and get that money if he can yeah if he can get a contract offer that he's gonna see the life of then you you couldn't fault him for taking it he he's seen one extension one one second contract one non-rookie contract that's what I was trying to say in his in his career that was this year with the Bengals in his career as a former first round pick he earned all of that rookie contract. He's earned $14.5 million or so, according to over-the-caps tracking. So he's doing pretty okay. 
But for a first-round pick who, you know, he's a confident guy. If he can get a three-year 21, he should probably take it. If you're the Bengals, maybe you go up to six, right? But again, if you're the Bengals, and I know they like Hayden Hurst. We've heard the coaches talk about that. We, we've seen his energy on the field. The Bengals historically don't invest heavily in terms of years or money in players that are Hayden Hurst's age. And are you sending big money to Hayden Hurst who, at the end of his three-year deal, you're, you're paying for his age 30, 31, 32 seasons? He's probably fine in those years. He's probably still a productive NFL player in those years. But the Bengals historically shy away from this. And so do they make an exception for Hayden Hurst? I'm not sure. That's a, a reason to think that they might go a different direction. But if they go a different direction, that does affect the compensatory formula, which I think is something they're going to look at this year too. It could affect it, but maybe it doesn't. I, I know people didn't love the idea of a Drew Sample reunion and two young tight ends in that room. I think that's something they'll discuss and, and, and is part of it. Not, not to say that they wouldn't bring in an outside free agent, but it might be a lower end tight end that might not even might not count based on their vision um, in, in playing time and all of those things. So I, I do, I think it's interesting, but if they could find the next Hayden Hurst for three and a half million, even in a deep tight end draft class, I say you do it, uh, especially if he walks and who knows? I, I think his market could be interesting because if you told me he signed another one year deal with the Bengals would not shock me or a two year deal. If you told me he got, you know, that three years, 24 million that Uzama got last year also wouldn't shock me. The Bengals have a ton of free agents, Jake. Big names. We haven't talked about Jesse Bates yet on today's show. We've certainly talked about him a ton this offseason. Jermaine Pratt. Let's dive into some of these other free agents to be coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about the mobile app that, well, I'll be honest, I played over the weekend. Why? Well, I was on a road trip and played Ultimate Football GM because you get to be the GM of a football team and make the decisions about whether or not you want to re-sign Hayden Hurst or Jesse Bates. Make sure that you're making the right draft picks and crafting the team that you envision and a chance to win a championship. You don't need Wi-Fi to play. So let's say you have some upcoming flights. Ultimate Football GM is perfect for that. And Locked On Bengals listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all capitals in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. So we're not talking about tight ends anymore, James? This isn't just a <laughs> tight end free agency show? You mean that the Bengals have two free agents at safety, one at linebacker, at, at positions where they need starters? How much would it shock you if the Bengals, instead of going mid-level tight end like Hayden Hurst, and that's what I think he is, you know, maybe higher than that in, in this free agent market, but just in general, and went after Dalton Schultz or Mike Gusecki, like the top of the tight end market in free agency? Would it shock you? I would generally – so Dalton Schultz more shocked than Mike Gusecki because there is a world in which Mike Gusecki ends up on a Hayden Hurst-like deal. Mm -hmm. 
because of the tight end market, because of the draft class, because of all these things that, that could potentially be depressing his his price. He's a similar player in that you're like you're not asking him to be your play side on the ball blocker at tight end. You know, that that's the Drew Sample, Devin Asiasi, Darnell Washington, Michael Mayer role, not a Mike Gasecki, Hayden Hurst, Zach Laporta, uh the Utah tight end whose name on Dalton Kincaid yep. role. So I think I would still be surprised. But, you know, we, we, we heard Jeff Hobson talking about this way back at, you know, the beginning of the offseason. We, we've heard the Bengals talking about this. There are going to be players that are looking at the Bengals as a contender the way that teams mm-hmm. look at, you know, the Chiefs as a contender and look for those one-year deals in those places. And so, you know, if one of these guys, and I, I don't think it would be Schultz, I think I would be more surprised if it was Schultz. If, if one of these guys at the top of the tight end market, and we're really talking about Schultz and Gasecki at this point because Engram, yeah. Evan Engram re-signed with Jacksonville, and then you got guys like Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, Foster Moreau. It wouldn't shock you really to hear about those guys taking a one-year deal somewhere, mm-hmm. especially the guys on the younger side of things trying to boost their next contract. Gasecki would be 28 in October. I think the Bengals, one, I think Mike Kosicki's better than Hayden Hurst. And I think the Bengals view him that way. And I agree with you. I think he's more likely than Schultz. Just feels like that. I, I don't exactly know why. You know, they came, they're both in that in that 2018 class. But Gasecki to me, does he break the bank? I, 362 yards, 17 games, five touchdowns. Just wasn't a huge part of what the Dolphins did. But I... I don't really question his talent. Like, I think he's a, a pretty high-end talent at that position. And so I agree with you. If the market isn't there for him, maybe he says, instead of taking a, you know, a three-year, $21 million deal, because I think he'll get offered to multi-year contracts, let me go to a place in Cincinnati where I can be maybe a, a little m- bit more of a feature uh, in that offense and certainly a pass-heavy offense and show that I can be that type of dude, right? I think it's quite interesting. And I, I just wanted to throw it out there because I don't think we've talked about it. And if if you're the Bengals and you're you're negotiating with Hayden Hurst and it's five or six million per and you can get Gasecki for seven, let's say, I would rather have Gasecki. I would. And that doesn't mean you can't draft a tight end and it kind of opens things up in that room. And so, yeah, I just I figured I'd throw it out there before we we went and I, talked about some of those other positions. I do think that would be a bargain for Gasecki, seven million. But y- you would take that for sure. The reason that I would think that Gasecki would certainly get more than Hayden Hurst is just that he's had the two year, like two plus years, of really good production. And then this year they changed the offense significantly with Tua Tagovailoa. They go, they they add Jalen Waddle, not Jalen Waddle. They add Tyree Kill. And they go this play action heavy, you know, crosser heavy, Mike sure. McDaniel offense. So that that I think hurt him as much as anything. But before that, 780, 703 in 2021, 2020, respectively, eight touchdowns across those two years, spread across those years, and touchdowns for tight ends, you know. I think a second's a good scheme fit for the Bengals going empty. I, yes. I don't like him as much. 
when you know they want to attach a tight end in line, but if they want to spread things out, and they did spread Hayden Hurst out a good amount last year, mm-hmm. lining him up split out, I like Gasecki in that role. Like that's what it's, he's built for. And I think he's better than Hurst in that role. Yeah, he. Is. I don't think that's that's a take. Yeah, I, I. So we'll see. It's just it's fun to discuss because that's something we. It's a little pie have. in the sky. It is. It, it. But why not? Why not at least have that? It would be. That would be one of the bigger exciting moves that would really, I think, inject. Not that this fan base needs more life because Bengals fans are super excited and they should be, right? But ooh, you make a move like that and you sign Cam Fleming at right tackle. I'll just throw out one of your guys. It's a pretty fun My free guys. agent. There's a bunch of tackles in a bucket that are like the same tackle. Yeah. That, that's... We're going to call it Jake, Jake's Bucket Tackles. You got to get one of them, which I agree. I agree with you. I, I hope so. But Gesicki would would inject some some life into the family. That's all. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, I think uh, I think it would be interesting, especially when the first few days of free agency, it's going to be painful because I think you and I both agree that the, the likelihood of Jesse Bates coming back is uh, I, I can't say zero, but it's like point. It is. Uh, I can say you can say point zero. point zero 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 one. Yeah. Virtually zero, maybe not yes. exactly zero. Yeah. Uh, for for all this talk about Mike Gusecki, him signing in Cincinnati is two percent, sl- slightly more likely than Jesse Bates signing in Cincinnati. It's an actual percentage. Bates yeah, is under one. It's not virtually zero, but it's still very unlikely. I would say. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I but think it's unlikely, but I, I don't think they're going to the draft needing a starting tight end, needing a veteran tight end who they feel can can play a season for them. So th- does that mean it's, it's Kasaki? I don't know. But yeah, Jesse Bates, we, we've talked about a ton. That ship has entirely sailed. A couple of years of failed negotiations, a franchise tag. He's, he's openly, you know, talking to Atlanta, apparently, or at least Atlanta's players as a potential landing spot for him. And, and I think that, Puts the importance on bringing Von Bell back. I think he's from a from a player perspective, from a scheme perspective, with Dax Hill getting ready to step into that role. Maybe not like we've talked about the absolute ideal fit. You go back to James's free agency plan. Talked about Juan Thornhill as potentially a guy who's more versatile, lets you be a little bit more uh, camouflage with your safeties, a little bit more multiple with your safeties. But at the same time, it seems like the Bengals are going to try to get Von Bell back. seems like that's important to them, given what he did in that secondary room, given what he did on the field for them. His price tag will be very interesting. I don't think he's in line for a huge raise, but inflation happened since he last signed a contract. So I think there would be some sort of raise for Von Bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think some sort of raise... Look, Lou Anarumo said it. It would be a dark day if they lose Jesse Bates and Von Bell. And so right. it's really all eyes on Von Bell. Who he's to me, he's kind of like Hayden Hurst. What's his market? Can you get him for seven, seven and a half a year for a couple of years? I think the Bengals would be in on that. Do they have to go three? I think you're pushing it now. If the Bengals have to go three twenty one, they probably do that. But if you're a young defense, and there's a lot of new coaches, a lot of turnover. And just without looking at rosters, because I don't know who the Texans have at safety. I don't even know about their cap space. But if I'm D'Amico Ryans and I want to set a tone for the Texans, 
Isn't Von Bell a great tone setter? Dude wakes up at 4 a.m., works out a ton, helped Jesse Bates develop. And so I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see his market. I think there are going to be a lot of teams open to the idea of Von Bell for all of those intangible things. Obviously, he does a lot on the field, made some big interceptions, big plays in, in 2022, and is in the pr- prime of his career. So does some team offer him 330? Because if it's 330 or 328.5 or something like that, I, I think the Bengals will look at it and say, I don't know. And, and if they say, I don't know, then that's when I think the Juan Thornhills come into to view but the Bengals, there's no doubt in my mind, want to keep Von Bell and is probably number one on their list of realistic targets ahead of Hayden Hurst, ahead of Pratt, ahead of Bates for obvious reasons uh, to keep around long term. So we'll uh, we'll put a bow on this free agency primer because well, there's still some guys that we haven't discussed. We will do that next. Today's show brought to you by FanDuel. The end of the NBA season is almost here. And FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And they offer you a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 and bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So maybe you think my Warriors are going to turn it around because it looks rough right now, not going to lie to you. Maybe you think that the Lakers, as they continue their surge without LeBron, are going to make a push in the West. Or maybe you're just rolling with Jokic and the Nuggets, the first seed in the West. The point is, is you can wager on all of these teams. You can wager on the NFL draft. You can wager on... NFL futures. You think that the Bengals are going to handle business and win a championship next year? All of those things and more, including same game parlays at FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. James, you mentioned the third year for Von Bell. Yep. As, as a potential sticking point. I just want to point something out. Third years for Bengals contracts are fake. Mostly. If they need to give Von Bell a third year, I would 100% do it if I'm the Bengals. For example, Jadobe Awuzie got a three-year deal. The third year of his deal coming up this year, he's set to make $6 million in salary, another $600,000 in bonuses if he can earn them with his uh, ACL recovery. But if they had to cut Chidobe Awuzie, which I'm not suggesting they do at all, I expect Chidobe Awuzie to be a Bengal this year. And There's zero chance of that one. I'll say yeah. zero chance on and, that one. Go and hope he plays. And honestly, like if he recovers well, I'm down with extending Cheeto. I like Cheeto a lot. But just using his contract as, as an example, if they had to cut Cheeto this year in the third year of his deal – with a $4.5 million signing bonus. That means there's a dead cap hit of $1.5 million, but they save $6.5 million against the cap. So you have to give Von Bell a third year that takes him to age, what, 31 and a half or something? Mm-hmm. Yep. The third year of that deal is effectively a team option with a small buyout that only affects the salary cap. It doesn't even affect the cash flow to Von Bell. The last year of deals... Look at DJ Reader's deal. Look at any any of those free agent deals that the Bengals signed. The last year of those deals is really easy to get out of. So if you're Von Bell, why sign it if you're not getting that money? Be- because this is just the way the NFL works. Unless somebody's guaranteeing a third year to sure. Von Bell. And, and it- then that's where the Bengals can't compete with teams that are willing to throw around guaranteed third-year salaries. Heck, what if what if a team offers them 435? You know, I don't know, but I just... But I agree with you. And look, I think that the Bengals, 
I've waffled it. It's not a 50 50 to me. I think it's like 75 25. They keep Bell. And it's just sort of, all right, is the market so enormous for him? Or, or is a team just so infatuated? It might not be an enormous market. There might be just be one team. That's all mm-hmm. it takes is one. Yep. And if you avoid that, I think he's back. And so I think there's like a 25% chance that a team says, we're going to focus in on Von Bell and not worry about these other safeties. And the other thing is, it, this is not known as a really deep safety draft where there's a lot of stud safeties that you're like holding your breath about. So that's another part of it. Another but the free agent class of safety market. is incredibly deep. It is. And so, I mean, here's names that are free agents of safety. We, we obviously know Jesse Bates, Jordan Poyer, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Von Bell, Jimmy Ward, Julian Love, Taylor Rapp, Juan Thornhill, Donovan Wilson, Adrian Amos, Devin McCourty, if he wants to continue playing. And uh, a name that stood out to me as I went way down this list, James, is John Johnson, the the failed experiment, yeah. the failed big yep. money safety out of Cleveland who's who's not going to be a compensatory free agent. I I like the the suggestion because he can be Von Bell. The Browns just don't know how to use they didn't use him right. And you He's talk a great to anyone, player before he went to Cleveland. Yeah, you talk to anyone that that covers the Browns or paid attention, they used used him as this deep safety with Grant Delpit as kind of the strong safety, but John Johnson and when he was in Los Angeles with the Rams, with Sean McVay, who, spoilers, really good friends with Zach Taylor. He was used as that box safety a bit, which is what they would use John Johnson for, obviously, if you're replacing Von Bell. So that is an interesting one, and I think he would be on the Bengals list. Maybe not their their short list. Maybe it's that next page, but uh, certainly a target if you lose a guy like Von Bell because he's proven in this league. He's not going to cost a ton, and he might just take a one-year deal so he can reestablish his value. And I, I think it would be at least thousand foot view, be a good fit in Cincinnati. And he doesn't count in the comp pick formula, which I think the Bengals care about this year. I know you don't care about it, James, but I think the Bengals do. I, here's the thing is they're going to lose so many guys that they're going to get comp picks. It's they just are. a matter of, of how high they are, which is going to be based on salaries. So if Jesse Bates goes and signs a $20 million deal somewhere, the Bengals signed someone to a $21 million deal. Well, that now you don't get the pick for Jesse Bates anymore. Zero chance that happens. Right. I, I'm just giving the. Yeah, I know. I'm just. So that's two zero chances in today's show. That's rare <laughs> for me. Wow. Think, let's see. Um, so anyway, the reason John Johnson shouldn't get paid a ton, could take a one year deal if you need a bridge guy, could, could get him on a multi year deal if you really like him. I don't know how the Bengals would feel about him, but. Um, yeah, I think they'd go two years max. I don't think they'd go past that. It's particularly interesting just because of the nature of his free agency. But there's a lot of solid safeties. If you really like, if you want a veteran, Tashawn Gibson, been in this league a long time, played a lot of snaps. I mean, and there's a lot of guys the, out there. The nice part is if they did, like, if you do get stuck losing a guy like Von Bell and Bates. Clearly, Lou Anarumo in this front office and this entire staff, they know how to identify guys that are going to work, fit, and perform mm-hmm. at a high level. I mean, they've been lights out, lights out when it comes to that. So deep class, if you lose Bell, hopefully you're able to replace him with someone that uh, you know can give you sim- similar production and, and be a, a leader in that locker room. Which, because it's going to be a young safety room. Even if they add someone or keep Bell, it's going to be a young safety room. I mean, they're hitting home runs. In free agency. 
the the, the failed free agent side, like the only one that's straight up failed is Trey Wayne's. He got yep. hurt right away. You could argue Lyle Collins is a failed free agency signing, but he also had injuries and at least played valuable snaps. Mm-hmm. So I don't like, think he was a failure. He just didn't deliver on the hype that he came with. That's he he was he was disappointing, but how much of that is his injury? So the point I'm trying to make here is that they've identified these guys that they think are good fits in the locker room, good fits from a scheme perspective. And the the ones that haven't worked have mostly been due to injury. Other than that, you know, DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson, BJ Hill, uh, Cheeto, Mike Hilton, Ted Harris, Alex Kappa, batting a thousand minus injuries. So you, you, you should trust them, I think, a little bit here in free agency. Uh, I don't think it was just injuries with Trey Waynes. I think they whiffed, but uh, maybe, but we never I got mean, to see it. His attitude was about as come on, man. Uh, look, I'm not going to debate you. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. We don't know. I, I, I don't care what was said. We we don't know. <laughs> like Eli Apple, words are cheap. Eli Apple, words are cheap or not. Eli Apple ended up becoming Trey Wayne's. Thank goodness for Apple. Um, Do you, is he back or not? I say he's back. One year, three million. Yeah, that, that's where you would see it happening because they need a guy. No one's given him multi years. I don't think anyone, I think he's made himself difficult to take on for most fan bases. Yes. <laughs> that's true. I mean, it's <laughs> like the Chiefs aren't going to be like, hey, we could yeah. use a fourth corner. <laughs> I mean, there's some places I'm sure he's fine, but he's not shy about the way he talks. And I, I think that that has some impact on his marketability. Uh, Jermaine Pratt, we haven't talked about, very likely out the door. Mm-hmm. Probably gets paid somewhere. Akeem Davis-Gaither, probably the plan there. I don't expect them to sign a, a free agent linebacker. They've got the depth with Marcus Bailey, Akeem Davis-Gaither, and Joe Bacci. Yeah, I agree. And I, I really like the idea of Akeem Davis Gaither continuing to take steps and take another step this year. Mm-hmm. It's year four. He's contract young. year. Yeah, and, and it is a contract year, but he's 25. You know, came into the league at, I think he was 21, turning 22. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we'll see. But uh, I think he's going to be a big part of what they do. The Bengals going to make a move on Monday, James? Mike Gesicki. No. Uh, <laughs> I'll lean towards no. I think this is going to be a slower, a slow play. We'll see. But if I had to guess, I would say no on Monday. Does it mean never? Just Monday. The only reason, like we could see them re-signing some of their own guys, potentially. Um, Drew Sample, Von Bell, maybe tight end. Von Bell's the, the guy that people are going to throw rocks at my head if they see me outside. <laughs> just don't throw rocks. Throw like something that doesn't hurt. Don't water throw. balloons. I'll catch them. Don't throw water balloons. Are you serious? Is it cold? That's awful. You're going to? Yes. Okay. They're I could soft. catch the rocks. I would just catch the rocks and throw them back. Anyways. Cupcakes. Throw cupcakes. Oh, yeah. Greater well, ice but, cream. But you got to catch them then. I'll just dodge those. I guess I could dodge the rocks too. Anyways. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. Yeah. So, so you can see resigning a guy. The other thing I was going to say is the, the way you would see those moves happen early is like last year if they target some of the later tier guys right away. If they lock in and say, you know what player I think pushes us over the edge, 
and and you scroll down a little bit in our free agent tier sheet because I don't think it's Javon Hargrave, and we'll put that free well free agent tier sheet's probably out by the time you're listening to this. But you know, you, you get past some of the tier one guys because I don't think they're in on most of those. And somebody's filtered our free agent tier list in a weird way, so I can't look at it right now. But you get past the Javon Hargraves, the Jamel Deans, the Jesse Bateses, and say it's like Charles Amenahue or, I don't know, Andrew Wiley. And they really lock in on one of those guys early and they target that second wave like they did last year with day one deals. Mm-hmm. That's where you can see it happening. Sure. Absolutely. And uh, sign me up for that. I'm down. No one really was talking, you know, we weren't really talking about Ted Karras pre-free agency. And you get him and you're like, ooh, versatile veteran, paid off. So, it, and obviously Kappa was their best lineman. So. And that's where you would expect them to be, right, is, is those, those veterans who can come in and play and do what they need them to do. So, excited for it, James. Free agency, always an exciting time of year. Get to find out who's going to be part of this team next year. Get to find out where the Bengals kind of see themselves, where where they're self-evaluating. They need this help because they can talk. But like I said, words are cheap, and they will have to put some actions to it this week as the new league year is nearly here. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll have you covered all week with any breaking Bengals free agency news. So until next time, who day? and have a good one.